bit early. We yes. went into a little bit of a career fair with REOC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little bit about celebrating city living, which is a huge thing. People living, of course, uh, or renting. You don't have to own. You can rent. Yeah. Uh, there's opportunities for that this upcoming Saturday at Sibley's Building from 10 to 2. Uh, now we get into other things that are happening within the city of Rochester with our special guests in studio, Willie Lightfoot. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you feeling today? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Man. Positive vibes, positive energy. Hey, we need it. We need we need <laughs> lots of it. We need yes. lots of it. Uh, I first want to remind folks that next week, Monday, uh, your uh, Mama Mac is going to yes. be live in, fr- in, the, in the flesh yes. at a public event that is free. Free. That's going to help with financial literacy. That's correct. We are um, the UPBCA, United Professional Barbers and Cosmetologists Association, once again, presents our financial wealth Building class Monday, April 15th from 6 to 8 p.m., uh, 750 East Avenue. You can register uh, at our website, upbca.org. Uh, we have an Eventbrite uh, piece that you can register right from our website. So we have uh, PhD, of course, you letting us borrow uh, Cheryl McCleaver for the, for the evening. And then we also have Consumer Credit Counseling Services. We have some more friends that may be stopping by uh, Office of Wealth Building, uh, Dr. Lomax Campbell. Uh, as well as Northwest Mutual. So we're going to have some other people in the place. We're going to have some refreshments for folks. Um, We're looking to have a good time talking about building wealth. And it starts what time on Monday? 6 p.m. April 15th. It's open um, right now. um, Today, since I'm on the show, I'm going to open it up to other than barber beauticians, uh, nail technicians, estheticians, anybody in the appearance enhancement industry is, of course, and students, of course, are welcome. But for the for about the next hour, mm-hmm. uh, we'll open it up to the public. To anybody, ooh, anybody ooh, within the next okay. hour can, can call uh, you or can, can go to upbca.org, register, uh, and because we, we only have a limited amount of seating. Mm-hmm. But, of course, we, uh, the United Professional Barbers and Cosmetologists Associates, are reaching out to anyone in the appearance enhancement industry. Industry. This is the industry that we're advocating for, mm-hmm. and we're trying to uh, raise our level of consciousness when it concerning wealth building and securing wealth for generations. Uh, if you need that information again, text six seven eight one zero three nine. We'll pass it along to you. Remember, that's next week Monday. That's next week Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got time, but don't wait. As you said, no. Willie was just talking about before. Right. This is something that's going to fill up very fast. Right. Yeah. Don't wait on this. And uh, also, we have another special guest in studio. And um, we welcome you home. Thank you for stopping by. We have Leticia Estacio in in the building in WDKX. Of course, we welcome you with open arms. And um, we've been waiting for you for a while. (laughs) It's so good that you you got to come up. And we're going to talk a lot about what you have going on, what you have coming up. I know a bunch of people, frontliners, they have questions. We have questions. So first of all, let us ask, how are you? I am good. I am really, really good. Um, it has been a really, really long time getting to good. And then a friend of mine actually said, I know how you feel. Every time you think you see a light at the end of the tunnel, you realize it's a train coming mm-hmm. to run you over. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what happened. So um, there's a saying that hope is a dangerous drug. There's been so many times I've been like, this is over. Mm-hmm. This is over. This mm-hmm. is over. Like, I know the law and I know legally this should be over. And right. it hasn't been over. And so that has been difficult. And it's like... It's like, oh, this is over? Okay. I know how to live, like, I know how to do the things that I need to do. Mm -hmm. I have always said, just please let this in so I can move on with my life. Right. I don't know how to live in never-ending crisis. Wow. Wow. Whoa. 
Wow, that's really. Deep. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't know that, would? But I no. really do. Like, I need to know that never-ending crisis. Never-ending crisis is the best way I can describe this. It uh. has been just, and not knowing when it's coming. You know, I like right. to be in control of my life. I'm a person who's very Type A, and so to feel like someone else controlled me or had control over what I did, I don't do well with that. Hmm. I said the other day, I go, I think I might have a problem with authority. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's kind of interesting because this goes into a question that Site actually has for you because you have been the authority and now the feeling of being controlled by authority, Site. So, you know, my question, you being on both sides, being the law and being, you know, fighting the law, right? Um, We always say that we know that there's not equal. Like, it's either justice or just us. And for you to experience both sides, coming from a former judge, is that true? Well, people, I think, have a a misconception about me, and I don't want to make it personal. I think about people of color in law enforcement roles, period. Mm. There's this Mm -hmm. misconception, right, that you go try to be this white person or try to be part of popular culture that oppresses people of color. And my experience is that that can't be farther from the truth. Mm. I knew that there was inequity in the system. That's why I became a judge. When I ran, my platform was that we over incarcerate black and brown people and that is and that it is expensive. Because mm-hmm. you have to appeal to the people that care, right? And you may care because that could be your cousin, that could be your brother. But people who vote don't always necessarily care. So when I say it costs $40,000 to put someone in jail for a year, and those are your tax dollars that y'all care so much about these tax dollars, then people can say, oh, wait, maybe that's not the best idea for someone who's nonviolent. So when I became a judge, I had already experienced Loss. I had already experienced family members dying to violence. I had already experienced my family members being incarcerated and sitting in court with them. So I knew about the inequity in the system. I became a judge to try to change that mm-hmm. and to try to be a face and a voice. And the most beautiful part of this entire experience has been people that appeared in front of me. Mm-hmm. reaching out uh-huh. and saying to me, my God, you were the best that we had. You were the best judge I've ever been in front of. Not because I was so great, because I was I was nothing special. I treated people with respect. Mm-hmm. I talked to them like they were human beings. I gave them chances. You know, I, I would release people that other people wouldn't release. Just normal things like that. I was in misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. I wasn't dealing with rapes or homicides or anything serious. Right. I was dealing with AUOs. Mm-hmm. People would come to court and pre-trial would say, oh, they've got a horrible record. They don't qualify. And I would say like, do you promise you're going to come back? <laughs> What's an AO, AUO? Aggravated unlicensed operation. Okay. It's this brilliant thing that says you get a ticket that you can't afford to pay, so I'm going to suspend your license and give you another fine you can't afford to pay, and now that traffic infraction is now a misdemeanor. Well, I... I this is but see, this, in sight, I were actually talking about this earlier, about things and about um, decisions and making poor decisions, and if you get caught and you're driving without a license all that comes with it because it affects you having a job. Mm -hmm. And this is part of what you're doing, Mm -hmm. uh, Councilman Willie Lightfoot. And I think we have a lot of questions and we think we know what we're doing. But when it comes down to law, when it comes down to right and wrong and making the best decision, I think education is the key. And we have two people here. One, Willie, you're doing this... um, Financial financial building. Right. And then we have... Leticia Stasio, who's former judge, but has been on both sides of law. So we're going to learn a lot today. I got I to gotta ask, Willie, and, and I know yes. you've talked about this before, and you mm-hmm. fought. I, I don't think people realize how long, and I want to get this from both of you, how long the system takes. 
to actually get things moving in a direction of change. So, for example, I remember one time he came and he's like, finally got traffic court in, uh, you know, the city of Rochester. And it take people don't realize of all the politicians that I've talked to how long it takes to bring it, uh, want to change it, get everybody in line to change it, right. and then have the right team do it and there's still a lot that needs to be changed within the system. And I know you've talked and fought legislative era now with the city of Rochester mm-hmm. to do things like that. Yeah, it takes time. I mean, you have to you have to advocate. First of all, you have to build uh, consensus around whatever laws or whatever things that you're trying to change because laws are made and then they're oftentimes they're antiquated. They're, they get old and they need to be dusted off and looked at again so that they can they can work for the time of right now. And so I think when we look at certain laws or when people see something that they think that needs to be changed, first you got to build a team and a consensus around that. Then you have to, there's a process for bringing that forward to make it a legislation or to get it to change, mm-hmm. whether it be local law, state law, federal law, whatever it is, first you have to get in the right wheelhouse of where you're going to fight that particular situation. Mm -hmm. Then once you get in the right wheelhouse, you have to get support behind whatever it is that you're trying to change or or you're trying to amend, if you will. And so, and and then from that support, you got to have the votes. At the end of the day, it comes down when when you're talking politics uh, and we're talking government, you have to have the votes in order for things to pass. We look at the the recent marijuana law that didn't pass. You Mm -hmm. know, they were trying to get passed within the Democratic Senate and the state new state government. So there are some things that, you know, you can have great ideas, but if you don't have the votes, um, then it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the time comes in at mm-hmm. because you have to build time to, and I've been on both sides. I've worked in county government where there was Republican ran. I've, now I'm in city council where it's Democratic ran. And even though it, it's not even a Republican or Democrat thing, it's a people thing. Like you have to build consensus with your colleagues in order to move something forward or it'll just sit on the desk and collect dust. I got to say, uh, Judge Astasio, can I still call you Judge Astasio? Is that it, right? It's fine. It's okay. funny. I'm, more people call me judge now. I'm way more comfortable being called judge, judge. now than I was. We're comfortable calling you judge. I, just, I can't judge. call you Alicia. No, always, I just can't call you by your first name yet. I was like, it's, I just know what judge is. Yeah, yeah, it right. doesn't feel Everybody's right. Like, judge. I'm like, yeah, that's just my name now. Okay, judge. <laughs> Fine. But, but it, uh, I want to jump on uh, Willie's point when it comes to sort of knowing the law and, and getting it. Are there things that are just outdated? Are we sort of Knowing the law is part of a judge's job, obviously, but and, and knowing it to a T all the way through, making a judgment call based on who's in your courtroom. But, I mean, are these things not being updated fast enough uh, for a number of judges that are sitting in the bench? I personally, I can speak for myself, mm-hmm. I felt that way. So when I say AUOs and he talks about traffic court, mm-hmm. AUOs were a personal thing for me. Um, because I personally had a suspended license in law school mm-hmm. because I got a ticket in Pembroke and it was... Uh, a lot of courts do this. They illegally set a fine that they weren't allowed to set, but it was a $400 fine. So they reduced the traffic infraction to a parking ticket, but they give you a fine because the town gets all the money. So it's a $400 fine, which is not legal. I didn't have it. Hmm. I was driving back and forth from Rochester. I was a single parent of two. I was a law student. I didn't have it. Hmm. And because I couldn't afford to pay that, they didn't take payment plans. I had to pay it all at once. Hmm. My license got suspended. Which went from being a speeding ticket became a misdemeanor if I continued to drive. So on the bench, I thought, that's stupid. This is debtor's prison. I don't believe in debtor's prison. I'm not going to convict people of crimes because they can't afford to pay a ticket. So I would often say, we're going to plead these out. You know, people are good. And, and most judges do, in fairness. They say, if you clear your license, I'll give you an offer. Mm-hmm. But in my court, if you didn't clear your license, I would still give you an offer. Debtor's just, prison? 
Well, AUO means you owe money. You didn't pay it. So you owe more money. Okay. And if you don't pay it, eventually, if you get 10 or more tickets on 10 or more dates, that's a felony. It's an yeah. e-felony. Mm. Wow. So that's insane. Debtor's prison. Yes, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. I don't believe in AUOs. Yeah. So people didn't really plead to those in my court. I've never heard of that before. Mm. I've never I heard mean, of debtor's I'm prison. So, much so new today. I'm, that's why I'm, that's I'm repeating though. it well, because real. I had never heard of yeah. that. Back yeah. in the days, you know, a billion years ago, yeah. we would put people in prison for mm. not paying their debts. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an outcome. If you owed money and you didn't pay it, you went to jail. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, we don't do that anymore. Supposedly. Yeah, but we do financially. And so traffic court, people don't realize what a big deal it was to get traffic court here. It was Mm -hmm. huge. I Mm -hmm. remember being home Mm -hmm. and seeing it pass and being like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. Because in any suburb, if you get a speeding ticket, you get the benefit of a plea plea bargaining agreement with the district attorney where it's going to go from maybe six points to two points. In the city, you get a six-point speed. It's a six-point speed. That's it. You just lost your license. Mm. That's that traffic um, assessment pool. You're in it. It's $750. You just got six points in 18 months. You lost your license Mm -hmm. and you didn't have the ability to plea bargain. Mm -hmm. So now you do. You know, so people say, well, what is government doing? That's huge for the people that live in the city. Traffic Mm -hmm. court is gigantic. We're just getting started. Uh, 12 minutes past the hour, nine o'clock. You just learned something in 10 minutes. (laughs) You learned a whole lot. Information in 10 minutes. I want to remind people that. Uh, Willie Lightfoot is here giving you an opportunity yes. for financial literacy. For anybody, just for just for this hour, anybody can log on to upbca.org, register for free for the Monday, April 15th event uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. at 750 East Avenue, Financial Wealth Building. This is a class you are not going to want to miss. Uh, get the information. It's already on WDKX.com. It's sitting there. You can't miss Dr. McKeever's face. It's right there. <laughs> Mama, Mama Max right there. That's the one right. you need to be at Indeed. because uh, we need to have these discussions. Build yes. this wealth within the structure of Rochester. Absolutely. You own the homes. You own mm-hmm. the businesses. Mm-hmm. We take care of, uh, of, of, of the politicians that are on the same page as the city. Mm-hmm. That's how we get it done. WDKX, the water cooler, leading the way. Good morning. Log on to WDKX. Log on to WDKX.com to get more of the information. They want to know more about the financial wellness building classes. Dr. Mc- we'll talk more about it on Thursday when Dr. McKeever gets in. But right. uh, I-, I want to thank Willie for not only coming up with the idea. This is something that you've campaigned before. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Cut the Violence, which unfortunately we still need again. But mm-hmm. this is one of the things that's a real big project in yes. your heart because you are sick and tired. You've told me many times, and I repeat it, mm-hmm. of uh, people who do hair and styling yes. going broke. Yeah, man. It's I mean, I've been cutting hair for well over almost 30 years now. And I'm just I've been working in this industry for a long time. I think the biggest small or micro businesses that we have, not only in this city, but probably every city in America, that's why we have movies like The Barbershop, you know, that we see that have been mainstream. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's because the barbershops, the salons, these are the places that, you know, people don't change. You don't change your your doctor, your, your, your spiritual leader, and your barber or beautician. These are things that transcend generations. So we have a, such a, um, a, a foothold in the community. Uh, but at the end of the day, we, we take care of everybody else, but we don't take care of ourselves. Mm. And so I wanted to create something, an entity that is not for profit. I get no money. I'm on no salary. I get none of my board gets paid. Uh, big up to my to the UPBCA board, by the way, um, that's done a tremendous job of helping us build this organization for 
barbers, beauticians, cosmetologists, nail technicians, estheticians, tattoo artists, anyone in the appearance enhancement industry. We are trying to raise our awareness. We're trying to make sure that we can um, harness our energy, our political power, because we are really the voice of the community. Um, And so this is an opportunity that we created to advocate for our industry, educate in our industry, and just to be there for one another. I've been seeing numerous barbers pass away. Uh, and then we got to do GoFundMe pages. We got we, we have to pass the hat in order to bury them. I mean, in our organization, just by joining our organization, you get a $5,000 life insurance policy right off the bat. Um, so we're, we're trying to take care of ourselves because in this business, we're self-employed. So if you're not putting away for yourself, if you're not taking care of your own financial situation, you're going to end up with nothing after 30 or 40 years of being in business. Uh, so that's, we feel that that's inadequate, and we want to uh, raise the awareness on, on how we can build wealth for our community. One of the things I know is all also, uh, near and dear to your heart, you've done countless numbers of Cut the Violence events. Uh, I think I'm on my 39th Cut the Violence event this well, year. We, I, I don't know how we changed the mentality, Willie. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an event that's great near and dear and important mm-hmm. to the community. Mm-hmm. And the message we talk about are way too much in the sense that we've got a lot of issues that seem to keep popping up. Well, we, we have to learn how to deal with our anger. We have to learn how to deal with conflict. Right. Um, we, we tend to, most of these violent crimes, and I know the judge, she's probably seen a lot of this or, or been involved in her, in, her, in her aspect on the bench. A lot of these crimes are done through conflicts. These are just mm-hmm. a conflict that one or two people, or beef, as we call it, one or two people had with each other, and somebody took it to the next level. Also, we're seeing a lot of domestic situations mm-hmm. where, you know, people are, are, are you know, a boy and girl, or husband and wife, or boyfriend, girlfriend type of situation has gone sour, and then it turns into a negative thing. We, and, and I still feel like we have... Uh, undiag- a lot of undiagnosed mental health situations within our community. Mm-hmm. I believe we don't talk enough about, and I'm, and I'm, and I, as I sit outside of my barbershop and look outside of my shop on Jefferson Avenue, I constantly seeing people walking down the street talking to themselves or, you know, asking, begging for money and just see their condition, their mental condition. And I think that we have to do a better job of one, teaching conflict resolution to our youth and to the community, providing those safe place opportunities to have conversations about counseling because that's something that's taboo in the black community. But right. we need to have counseling and we need to start diagnosing that middle. Everybody got that cousin, uncle, brother, sister, mother, mm. who's a little touched. Yeah. Now, if we be honest, but what have we done to help them? What have we done to get them into the proper help that they may need? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you know we talk about all the time is, is this is something that has been a stigma. We don't really talk about it as much. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, it does show up in law enforcement, it does show up. Judge, it does show up in a courtroom. It does show up everywhere. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm like about to burst over. I know, here. I know. I know. <laughs> you, you did it. I was like, oh, she's gonna clear her throat. All right, then I'll, I'll jump in. But go ahead. What do you want to say? No, when he was talking, I just thought of a quote from James Baldwin: "To be a semi-conscious black person in America today is to walk around in a perpetual state of rage." Mm-hmm. And it's totally true. And so you have life coming at you from every direction that's not even necessarily your life. You're seeing people that look like you being murdered on television by people that are supposed to be protecting them. No one is being charged. You say that something is racist or discriminatory and now you're a racist. You have to defend why, you know, racism exists. Mm -hmm. You're constantly having to code switch and to be present in this situation that is 
dehumanizing and difficult for your own personal mental health. Right. And you already have that boiling below the surface. And then you have, whether you'd like to accept it or not, this stigma that you are less than or worthless. And then somebody who looks like you, who may be a safe person to take some of this anger out on, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, it might mm-hmm. be you're less likely to get arrested. There's less likely to be repercussions. Does something to offend you and you're already furious. Mm-hmm. You're already angry. You're already boiling over. You already had all of this stuff today that you couldn't react. You couldn't lash out. You couldn't have emotions. You couldn't think of of the videos that we see and people are like, why didn't she just comply? Why does she have an attitude? But you're not allowed to be a human being. Mm-hmm. You can't have the power to express yourself mm-hmm. the way that you express yourself. Because perhaps when I get passionate, I get a high, squeaky, Rosie Perez voice. It's really annoying, and I talk incredibly quickly. That is me upset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But culturally, that might be threatening to you. So I have to stifle my upsetness. You know, maybe you talk loudly, but you happen to be a black man. So if you raise your voice, now I'm scared. You don't get to have emotions because there is no safe space for you. And then you wonder why people are angry. They're angry already. I was angry before you stepped on my shoes. I was angry before you bumped my drink in the club. I was already pissed and I was just looking for the next person to get it. Mm. We walk around suffering and I don't think it's your mommy, your girl. I think it's you. I think it's all of us. It's all all of us. And that's why people were like, why would you say these things? You're an elected official. I'm sorry. I had the entire world attacking me, my children. I was being threatened. Yeah, I was going through depression. And I would love to see you get through it and be happy every day. And and why did I come out with it? Because people were, you know, so judgmental about it. And I felt like it was such a secret that I felt like, oh, people follow me and look up to me and think I'm so strong. I want to tell them I'm not always so strong. But the things that people experience on a regular basis growing up in the city of Rochester Mm. are congruent when you grow up in certain areas to what people experience at war. Post-traumatic stress. Seeing their loved ones murdered. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, I don't know anybody who hasn't lost a loved one to violence. I don't, that's not my experience. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was on the bench and my cousin got murdered, um, the DA said, didn't your cousin already get murdered? Oh. And I was like, ugh. Okay, this is not when I'm supposed to call you a B word and like, you know, I'm supposed yeah. to find a way to be professional. I, I have to code switch. It. I have to. But yeah, my another cousin of mine got murdered. Mm-hmm. That's not her idea of who judges are. Wow. You know, but but that's a normal occurrence in my life and where I'm from. And that is traumatic for people to know that people will get murdered. So we're all walking around with some stuff. Yeah. And it's bottled up. And I, and I understand that. And not everybody is very good at bottling it up. I mean, right. let's let's be real. We have a lot of different things that we have bottled up in us. Um, you know, that would I could see how that would set somebody off if a judge said that and out loud for you to hear and for everyone to hear. Um, and, and that's the tough part about this. You know, that, that that's the other end. I wanted to get this social media. You do know there are some people on social media that ain't right. Like they commented on right, you right, and they commented right, on you. Right. But you did you do you know that in the moment? Like clearly this person ain't right and I shouldn't take it, but it is in print and it is coming at me and my family. I think that is difficult when it is so much. I don't I know you had your own stuff, it was a billion years ago, mm-hmm. but I the amount of attention that my case has gotten is just weird to me. Mm-hmm. And like, and I've not liked things that people have done, but never enough to seek them out, to share information, to try to negatively, like to inbox them. I hope you die. It's like, you are strange. Well, yeah. Some of the things that I know I've seen on social media that I found kind of disturbing is the fact that people would literally sit outside where you live and wait till you come out or wait till you go somewhere and take pictures of you 
in your in, even in private moments when you're out out to eat or when you're out enjoying a comedy show or I think people have become obsessed with you and your situation and the thing is when does that cross the line well I think you know my situation you know I was followed um, home you know my people were coming to my barbershop mm -hmm. you know but I, I had to realize first and foremost we have to realize that when we take this position everybody looks at um, politics, so-called quote-unquote local celebrities or, or whatever you may want to call it. Uh, they just see you on television or they just see you in, you know, in your capacity, but they don't really understand what comes behind that. Right. When, you, when you are a public servant, that's exactly what you are. You are a public servant and you are held to a higher level of standard whether you like it or not. Right. You might as well don't even sign up for it if you don't understand what comes with that. Right. And you will learn very quickly yeah. <laughs> the minute that you do... You you can't do what everybody else does, period. You can't go where everybody else. That's you can true. go, but you're going to be on Facebook. Yeah. You're going to be, you know, people are going to judge you. People are going to do these things. I'm not saying you can't go, but you, when you go, just know that you're going to be judged doing what they're doing and everybody else is doing it and you're doing it, but they're going to judge you because they're going to expect that you're not supposed to be doing it because of who you are or what position that you hold. De these are these are things that, so it's, it's, it's kind of some information for those who want to run for politics, those who want to be involved, just understand what comes with this. There's a level of responsibility that comes with this. And I didn't understand it and realize it until, and I'm a, and I'm a child of a politician. I grew mm -hmm. up in this world, in this life. I've seen it all my life. It's all I know. And uh, even still, I realized when I had my incident that the people that I that it hurt, it didn't just it just didn't affect me. Right. It affect all of these other people, the community who supported me and who was behind me mm -hmm. and the kids and different ones who looked up to me. And, you know, it's it, it affects everything that you do. So with that being said, we as as leaders have to understand that we we can't blame other people mm -hmm. and understand that this is this is the world that we chose to yeah. be a part of. Yeah. Nobody put a gun in your head and said you want to run for politics. So when you do that, understand the responsibility and the mantle that comes with that. Now the the other end of this too, and I want to get Judge Sasha back in here too. There there are lines. Oh there yeah, are man. Lines I mean, listen, that people I, should not listen, go over. I go to the restaurant with my wife. People come over to the desk. I, I got this problem. My garbage didn't get picked up. That's a line. Yeah, come That's on. That's not the Lee, time Willie to be. And, no, and, let and me eat time. my lasagna in peace. You know, we talk about this other show all yes, the time. Yes, we did. Yes, you know we what did. I mean? And then a lot of times, oh, I voted for you, and you find out later they don't. They not even registered to vote. You know, I've said that many times. <laughs> so, but, but, but still, still, as a leader, as an elect, I have to take that time. Yep. Still, you know, because that's what comes with the nature. But of this the is this is what, and let me do, let me defend Willie and anybody else that goes to different events. I know judges are different. I know they're not allowed to. It, it, right. I, I've talked to judges before, and they're not allowed to give certain, certain opinions. They can't, and then it's a it's a tough situation in that regard. But I know this dude is everywhere. Yeah. All right. Do you want to know how I know? Because he tells people <laughs> that he's going everywhere. Right. He'll tell you he'll go to a community meeting. He'll tell you he'll be here. I've seen I, I, that. Just follow, just follow him on Instagram. If anybody has any yeah. social media, right. Willie's been at three different things today, and it's not even ten o'clock. Okay, right. all right. right. <laughs> so, and the one at ten o'clock he's gonna go to is to announce the new chief. The new police. But right. but that's that's the whole point of it all is is that he is accessible. Not at dinner time. 
when he was out or going to the movies. Or if you're on vacation or, I mean, different things of that nature, you know. Next week. <laughs> He's going to see, see. Unfortunately, <laughs> our public service of what we do doesn't pay a whole lot of money. People are surprised. One lady came up to me. She goes, all that money you make, you got time to talk to me. Uh, I said, wait a minute. How much money do you think I make? <laughs> you tell me how much money. How much money do you think city council? City council make $36,000. Is that a lot of money? That is not a lot of money. Celebrities, people that you see on TV, the reason why they go and spend, ten, Michael Jordan spends $10,000 a night for a hotel is not because he's trying to be fancy, because he wants privacy. Yeah. That's why, but we don't have $10,000 a day to go out and spend to have privacy. You know, we have to go to the same hotel, the same places that everybody else go to, and we still have to deal with some of this stuff. But we have to understand that comes with the nature of this business. Unless you do what Michael Jackson do and put a mask on. <laughs> I ain't wearing no mask. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, when, when it was uh, a bad for you, Judge Estacio, did you feel like I don't want to go out? Was, that, uh, was there a moment where I don't want to interact with people now because this is how ugly the world is? Well, you know, if you remember correctly, I was charged with a violation based on literally nothing and mm. it was dismissed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I was like, I don't drink, I don't drive, and I'm still getting arrested. Mm. So I went to Thailand. Mm -hmm. I left. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's not safe for me to be here yeah. because people are verbally assaulting me. People are coming to Willie can say what he wants mm -hmm. and you feel free to press Willie. Yeah. But you yeah. press me. You got the wrong one. <laughs> you, you got me all types of messed up. Yeah, I, I, Willie might have signed up for it. I didn't sign up for you coming to my house because yeah, right. at my yeah. house, I'm Leticia. Yeah, and right. if you came looking for Leticia, you won't get what you're looking for. <laughs> and I don't think you wanted this. No. So. I might sign up. I've been a public servant my entire adult life. Mm -hmm. I was in a not-for-profit. I was at the district attorney's office. I was in private practice representing indigent clients as I am now, mm -hmm. handling cases in federal court. I've been a public servant my whole life, and we've had no smoke. Mm -hmm. I have smoke with you thinking you're going to. You, you don't like me? That's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. A lot of people don't like me. Get in line. You don't need to come tell me. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't need to bring that to my door. You don't need to ever mention my children ever in your life. Mm. Not not a word. I don't know you. Yeah. You don't need to know how they are. You don't need to know where they are. You don't, don't yeah. talk about my kids, period. Kids are off limits. And we know better than that. And I don't yeah. care if you're from the city or you're from <laughs> yeah. the suburbs right. or you're from uh, all rural. Human, you know, you know, we all know better than that. Kids right. are off limits. So Moms. Moms. Kids. Grandparents. <laughs> about my mom. You, know, you, you all know better than that. There are, there's a doctrine under the law called the fighting words doctrine. Mm. And I might have a few extras. Mm. I might have extra fighting words that aren't included, but there are certain things that are off limits. If you want to have a respectful conversation mm -hmm. with me about how I, you know, I had said this on a radio show I went on. I went to talk to one voter and it was a white man. And I was like, this is, you know, it's going to be interesting. He came out, he said, I voted for you. And I said, I appreciate that. And he said, and I was really disappointed. And it was not offensive. It was not rude. He was serious. Right. And I was heartbroken. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wanted to talk to this man. Right. And I was like, well, wait, let's talk. You know, what are you just, let me tell you what was real and what was not real. And let me confess my whole little soul to you. Mm -hmm. Because the people that voted for me that felt disappointed, that's never in a billion years what I wanted. And I feel like I owe them an explanation. I owe them a sit down. I owe them a whatever because those people have faith in me that's that right. I never would have wanted to misplace. But I'm sorry, you... Becky in Wayne County, right. who is a dog groomer and thinks I should have never been able to make $190,000 a year because I'm black and I'm Puerto Rican and I was 33 and I'm a teen mom. How did you, how did you, oh, well, honey, first go to law school. Like, it's not that difficult to figure out how I did this. All the judges make this much money. If you have a problem with what judges make, then maybe you should write your legislature. But don't come over here talking to me about how I don't deserve this or I'm, I mean, the disrespect, the affirmative action judge 
when I ran mm -hmm. a primary mm -hmm. and I was not the candidate and I killed everybody else in the race. Mm -hmm. Affirmative action where? The welfare queen. I've had a job since I was 14 years old. The the blatant disrespect in racism, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. that, no, I'm sorry, I didn't sign up for that. Mm. And if you keep that same energy off of a keyboard, you're going to see that I didn't sign up for that. So right. maybe maybe I signed up for lack of some privacy and I'll, I'm out. Yeah. People see me, they say, hey, judge, will you take a picture? I'll take a picture with everybody. Mm. I'm super friendly. I'm super approachable. I love this community. I've lived here my whole life. This is my home. Mm. But... I don't know where you do disrespect yeah. about there is a line, at, right? Like there is a line. No, there's that a line. I'm not saying there's not a line. Yeah. I'm, all, all I'm saying is we're just held to a higher level. Standard. Right. Wow. That's, that's all I'm saying. And there's things that are going to come at you that wouldn't come at the normal person. Now we do have some frontliners that I appreciate both you guys mm -hmm. here. So can we give the information one more time for yes. the, because they want the information? Okay, the financial wealth building class, which is open for the next hour to anybody, uh, you can get that information at upbca.org. Go to the um, homepage and you will see register for the financial wealth building classes on the Eventbrite. You can register right there on our page upbca.org. The financial wealth building class will be presented by a PhD Cheryl. McCleaver, Soft Skills Consulting, and Consumer Credit Counseling. Free event. We'll we will have refreshments. Limited seat only. Work is United Member Hall, 750 East Avenue, Monday, April 15th. Again, that's upbca.org. And if you go to wdkx.com, the information will be there as well. And they also said thank you. Councilman Lightfoot for all that you're doing in the community. You're welcome. That's oh, a quick Monday. Pleasure. Let me let me explain how quick that Monday is. That's next week Monday. <laughs> right. That's a quick. I, I don't know how we got to the quickest like halfway through April. Yeah. But that's next fast, week right? Monday. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Tax day. Yeah. So on tax, we did that specifically <sighs> on tax day. Oh, you well, been, building you're, on tax day. You're very strategic. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. why Willie know what he's doing. That is a very good point. Yeah. Tax day. Tax so day. Get that done. Mm -hmm. If you missed any information, go to wdkx.com and uh, we have frontliners that text in and said, Judge Astachio, I don't care what anybody says about you um, and what anyone feels about you. I love you and you're a good judge in this community. Mm. People say she, you know, you got my vote for whatever you do. Love you. <laughs> so the support I love you guys back. Thank now, you. We're, we are going to take a break, mm. but when we come back, we have to ask you this question. What's next? Okay. 103.9 WDKX the Wake Up Club Water Cooler. WDKX the Wake Up Club Water Cooler. WDKX, the Wake Up Club. Thank you for those texting at 678-1039 or calling it 222-1039. Uh, Willie Lightfoot, I know. Oh, go ahead, Rain. Go ahead. We got something. Well, uh, we got, because, I mean, the phone lines, the text lines, it, folks love you both. Yeah, man. Okay. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, in everything that you. <laughs> That's all right. Because she's a woman. That's all that is. That's all that is. <laughs> but we just, we just, we have to reiterate with Judge Astachio, really, truly, welcome home, and you will always be our forever judge. Thank you. So we will get to the question, what's next, next, but first, we um, definitely have to, because we know, Willie, you got to go. Yeah, big, big announcement. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man, yeah. we have about 20 minutes before this press conference. <laughs> right. I know you're not supposed to say who's going to be the new chief. Nah, nah. Gonna be the we, new got, chief. we got a new chief coming, man, new chief in town. Uh, your, your thoughts, like, not, not to step on anyone's toes as far as uh, who the chief is going to be, but um, your thoughts and what's going on with the community in all seriousness. I know there's a lot of stuff happening on the streets. Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff has been personal. Yes. A lot of stuff involves gang activity. A lot yep. of stuff involves drugs. Uh, but the city of Rochester came out with some uh, some numbers over the, uh, before the uh, beginning of this weekend. Uh, we're trying to get to a point now where it's just us now. 
It's just yes. you, me, we, and how we feel about each other and letting some of the stuff slide and not escalating it to a level where people are getting shot, stabbed, or killed. Well, first of all, I just want to remind people one thing. I'm 16 months on the job. Put that in perspective mm-hmm. of the work that we put in the last 16 months um, compared to some of the systemic issues that people are talking about, whether it's uh, un- uninterrupted drug sales on our, on our, on our corners or, or whether it's the violence that's happening, which, by the way, by the numbers is down or more than over 39 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're doing work. This stuff, uh, it was here before me. I'm not making any excuses, but the reality of it is I am not Superman. Uh, I cannot wave a magic wand and make everything go away. We as the community have to come together and we have to triage what is important to us. And then we have to make sure that we hold accountable everyone that is responsible for making sure that we have the best quality of life in our city as possible. Uh, the, the uninterrupted drug sales that are going on, not just on Jefferson Avenue, but all across our city, is something that I hope the next police chief really will sit down and let's start coming up with a strategic plan on how we're going to deal with that. Uh, that's something that we must do, we have to do, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to have that conversation, and not only just a conversation, but create a strategic plan plan on how we're going to deal with uh, uninterrupted drug sales. And, and including uh, beat cops and people knowing the community. Police, yes. uh, police knowing the community. Community knowing the police. Absolutely. I mean, we've done a lot of things. And, and, and here's the thing that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, when you talk about drug sales on Jefferson Avenue, all of my life, I've seen certain parts of our community that have been plagued with drug sales. When I went to D.C. and, 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 you, and started having a conversation about this on a higher level, on a national level, trying to get help, uh, I had, people tell me that there's a thing called uh, containment, mm-hmm. that they tend to want to contain the problem to certain areas. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say this to you. This not happening on Park Avenue. It's, it's not, not happening you know on saying? Plymouth no more. It's not. It's not. You want to talk about containment? It's yeah. not. Ha- there's a border. You can yeah. see very clearly mm-hmm. where it is not going to affect you of our students. Mm-hmm. There's containment. You can sell drugs. You know, I just bought a house on Jefferson. Mm-hmm. You could sell drugs in front of my house all day. Mm-hmm. You could. You might be able to get up on the porch and sell drugs. And if I haven't gone by in a while, you'll break in and sell them out my house, and nobody right. will say a word. Mm-hmm. Go down to Plymouth and try to sell drugs on Plymouth and Jefferson where those little new townhouse apartment complexes are. Mm -hmm. When you talk about containment, you can literally see containment in the city of Rochester right now. Go down to Troop, where the houses are now selling for Mm $200,000. And selling drugs over there. Mm -hmm. There's a little area of Jefferson where selling drugs is totally permissible, and the police will be sitting parked like this, talking to each other, chilling. Mm -hmm. But it's okay right there. So that's what we're we're up against. And um, it's going to take the community because the reason why it's not happening in the Plymouth Avenue, not happening on Park Avenue, because the business owners, the community is not having it. Right. So if we allow it, we, meaning community, if I'm down there constantly saying, I need y'all to do something, I need y'all to do something, but nobody else is saying that, they're not listening to me. But if the community comes down, and I said this when I was on the county ledge all the yeah, time. Absolutely. We, people don't come down to the city council meetings and talk, do and speak to the council and put their issues on record as to what's going on. We are the leaders. Technically, we're supposed to get our laws from the people. Mm-hmm. Technically. So my thing is not to tell you what you need. It's you to tell me what you need. And so we're not we're not hearing that in enough voices is what I'm saying. Well, I will, I will say this on your behalf. Don't do it while he has, he's having dinner with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not during that stake. If you got to ask any question, find out when he just said you could go and talk to him. But please don't do that. Let Willie live. And remember, okay. I'm 15 months on the job. So what I ask people, what, why people come to me all the time and they ask me to do all this stuff. And I go, and I don't try to make an excuse, but I'm trying to be realistic. Yeah. I'm 15 months on the job. Think about any jobs you ever had, you've been on it for 15 months. Mm. So, so, and I say to them, why haven't you held the other person that was there for whatever, how many years or whatever? You ain't hold them accountable for nothing. Mm. Well, you want me to just come in. Oh, why haven't you changed the community? Why ain't you did nothing? There's people that been in office for numerous terms, mm. and you ain't held them accountable for Jack. So who? So what's really going on? Is this personal, or you really want to change your community? All right, uh, Willie Lev, I know you gotta go, man. Who's get you We will get you back Monday. We gotta get you back and find I out. I wanna hear what's next for the Giants, uh, man. Right. I'm trying so to. <laughs> you gonna be late to your press conference. This is here. This is here with me. I'm cool with you, man. Either way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is joining us in the studio this morning. 15 minutes from the top of the hour. Uh, what is next? I guess that is the next question. Well, you know, people don't realize this. Somebody said to me the other day, I need a job. I, I have a job, guys. I um, have a law degree, mm. so I'd be hard-pressed to not have a job. It would mm-hmm. kind of be my fault. Prior to becoming a judge, I had a successful criminal defense practice, um, and I immediately, upon not being a judge, opened that practice again. Mm-hmm. So I have court. I'm in court regularly. I practice in state court, town court, and federal court, just like I did before. So, what, what, um, Just so people know, what type of attorney? I do mostly criminal work. Okay. Um, I've done some family court stuff, but I've always been a primarily criminal attorney. So okay. everything from the traffic infractions that can turn into AUOs all the way up to murders. Um, that's always been what I've done. That's always been my area of okay. focus, I want to say, um, where I've primarily practiced. Mm-hmm. So, And I'll just put a caveat that this, I guess, is attorney advertising because, you know, they'd be at me. So I want to make sure I'm in <laughs> compliance with all of the rules. Listen. Oh, it's, it's, listen. You're safe here. Man. You're right. So I do that already. And mm-hmm. as you all know, I'm running for city council um, for many of the reasons that Willie stated. I, I believe that government is supposed to be of the people, by the people, for the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that city mm-hmm. council is an opportunity to reflect the voices of the community. Mm-hmm. So I live on the northwest side. I realized when I ran that I've lived there basically my whole life. And I don't know that the Northwest has improved exponentially since I was born. So I think that the section that I tend to live in doesn't get maybe some of the attention and resources that we should. Mm. Um, it spans from Charlotte Beach to Brown Street. Okay. So it gives you an idea of the, oh. the area I'm talking about. So you just say you're, you're running for city council. Now, I felt some kind of way. Mm. And I, I didn't, the reason I felt some kind of way is because when you announced that you were running for city council, I I thought and felt that you should have came here first. And and I'm going to tell you the reason why. Everybody had to say what they said about you. We 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 made jokes. But we also didn't de- de- you know make you make little you or make you feel less than, you know. Um, you when you went to Thailand and you were talking about the monks, we joked about that, right? But when I saw you go on those other radio stations and the news, I'm like, "Well, we never really made her we never make her look crazy. We never said anything crazy about her." And she went over there. And that kind of hurt. And I will tell you right now that I agree with you a million percent. And I apologize for that. It literally was just an oversight. Mm. Um, I had reached out via social media, which I know is not 
even the right way to reach out because people reach out to me and I don't even want to tell you how much money I miss in my inbox because mm. my inbox is always insane. Mm. And so I don't see messages. And so afterwards I was like, wow, that was really stupid. Mm. You know, firsthand that mm. that's not a great way, but I am um, probably more impulsive than most judges. It's one of the things you might've learned about me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get a yes streak and somebody literally reached out to me during a yes streak. And I was like, yes. And then I accidentally went on Lonsbury's show. I didn't even mean to do that. I was just there and they were like, come. And I was like, you know what? You're saying yes, you can do this. Find your inner peace. And so I apologize mm. because that was not my intention. They just asked and mm. you guys didn't ask. And yeah. so, and I always, people don't get this, but like, I am not this person that you see on TV. I am not, everybody thinks I'm just like the most confident and just arrogant. Oh, I'm not that person in real life. Every time I turn around, I'm like, nobody wants to talk to me anymore. This story's over. And my lawyer's like, you're an idiot. Everybody wants to talk to you still. But, um, but, but that's how I always feel. I always feel like this is dead. I, but but I, I figured, I figured, you know, we get you up here. I don't, we don't want to talk. We already know what happened. And it, it just, it's no point even talking about what happened. It's, it's been in the news. It's been out there. Let's move forward. And, you know, like you say, you're, you're, you're running for city council. And I believe the people that will put you in are the people that listen to this station because I, I listened to the, those shows and I was reading the Facebook lives and I was seeing the comments and I'm like, well, first of all, majority of those people probably don't even live in the city. Hmm. No, they don't. Right. Hmm. But that's, I just had even, to get that. Even in the county. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't even necessarily live in the county. I just had to get that off my chest. No, and I agree yeah. with you. I, I totally afterwards, and that's why when I did talk to Rain, I was like, I'm not allowed to talk to anyone else. And I'm really mm-hmm. trying to listen to my lawyer. I'm not good at listening to other people. Mm. Um, and I was like, but when it's over, I'll come here. Right. And yeah. so I was and like, you and, yeah, yeah. And I, I like you ignored everyone. I was like, I will be there first thing first. And because it's over, I personally think it's the best interview because there's nothing that I'm like, I'm not talking to you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she, she, when she was like, are you going to come here? I was like, oh my God. God, of course I meant to come there. I should have come there first. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a book called Outliers. Mm -hmm. And I read it in the midst of all this. And it talks about how if somebody like is way over here and they really, really hate you, don't talk to them. It's a waste of your time. That's what I was saying earlier. And they're over here and they love you. You can talk to them, but they love you. Mm -hmm. They're on board. It doesn't matter. You know, I'll talk to people sometimes who are so supportive. They don't know anything about my case. Mm -hmm. They don't care. They don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, the underlying facts are completely irrelevant to them. They support me anyway. Mm -hmm. It's the people in the middle that you're supposed to actually take time to try to, mm-hmm. to right. talk to. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I went on those shows, um, I, I wasn't convincing anyone. Yeah. It was an argument. It was it was just like trying to move forward. And, mm-hmm. and, and my demographic, Northwest, yeah. to be honest, is very mixed. Right. Mm-hmm. It's very, so if you've heard any of the polls, they're like, well, you can win depending on who shows up. And what they're saying is if black people vote, yeah. you'll be fine. Right. But if black people don't vote, it is a lot of low-income white people who traditionally hate me. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, like, want to come to my house and murder mm-hmm. me in my sleep and wear my skin. Mm-hmm. Those are the, like, it is traditionally very low-income white people in my neighborhood, unless mm-hmm. you're out by the beach. Mm-hmm. And that's not most of the houses. Which is which is why, anyway, we were talking earlier about, you do know there is a section of, and I think we get all get caught up in this. We read one segment or we read one comment, and this is somebody that doesn't live in your community. That, like, remember they had the, the racist flyer thing yeah. uh, in Brighton. Kid didn't even live in Brighton. He went to U of R for crying out loud. Right. Yet everybody was in the, oh, what's going on? And, and it was, this is not our community. And I'm like, but it's actually from somebody who isn't in your community, right. doesn't reflect your values, yet is talking about you and is talking about and framing something that isn't true. And I think that's the, the, the real deep conversation we have to have here. 
when we're having this discussion about who are we talking about and who are we who is saying stuff about us. But but before we move forward, I'm going to digress a little bit because I think this is important. Something that you just did because site said to you how he felt and you apologize and you hold yourself accountable. And media likes to paint you as this irresponsible individual that just does whatever she wants whenever she wants. And that's not the case. And I think that's huge. And that speaks volumes. And I think we have to highlight that moment. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for that. No, I, I when I'm wrong. Right. When I believe I'm wrong and I believed I was when you reached out to me, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh. And it was not an intentional thing at all. It was really oversight. Somebody else had reached out and I was like, but I was embarrassed. So when oversight, he said, get it? <laughs> when he said it, I'm like, you're right. I'm wrong. There's no, when I'm wrong, I'm going to be like, hey, I'm wrong. My bad for that. Mm-hmm. If I don't think I'm wrong though, mm-hmm. then you got a real problem mm-hmm. because I, you know, somebody posted this when I was in Syracuse and I thought it was the funniest thing. They said, whatever you think about Judge Astacio, she's got of steel. Okay, I don't know what I can yeah, stand the radio. Yeah. They go, she's not scared of a judge, a jury, a a jail, a mm-hmm. deputy. She's like, she's not afraid of anything. Yeah. And that's not true. But if I think I'm right, right, then what, I think what, I'm right. Which and, is what you should do as an individual mm-hmm. if you feel that you're right. Even if you, when you feel that somebody comes to you and tells you something, because we just had a whole resolution moment, and this is what we talk about: leading by example. Mm-hmm. And you are a leader. And you are leading by example. And I just want to say thank you for that. And thank you for showing people this is who you truly are. And this is why we're here. And this is why we give the platform. Because media, and we're going to keep it real, media will paint you, besides this station, will paint you in a whole different light and have people's perception of you just not good. It depends on who they're painting. Yeah. Right. The paint sets are very different depending on, you know, I just was reading the other day about the the boys in the Frederick Douglass statue case who that was actually a felony mm. that was charged as a misdemeanor and they wrote an essay. And I was thinking, wow, you know, all this taxpayer conversation, do you have any idea how much it just cost the county to put me on trial for a felony that no one is ever charged with? That should have never been charged in the first place? Mm. The way that you paint depends on who's being painted. Right. And yeah. that's the, you know, one of the things that was most telling about the judge in Syracuse, he said, every time the media requested anything, he said, um, I don't want you to have some reporter's version of what occurred. I want you to have the facts. Mm-hmm. You don't get the facts in the news. And I thought, man, I wonder if more of my story would have been handled in a courtroom, how different the outcome would have been as, a, as opposed to playing out in the court of public opinion mm-hmm. or reporters mm-hmm. reporting. Because this is one thing when you say being a defendant, what did I learn that was different? Mm-hmm. I learned that a person will say something. The prosecutor, the judge, the defense attorney. And if it doesn't go, if it doesn't get corrected, it is what it is now. The judge and the prosecutor said things in my case that weren't accurate, but because the media was sitting in there, it got reported and I could never change it. Wow. So once it's out there, it's out there. Once it's out there, it's out there. And it's, it's out there more than you ever even know. Right. And you don't, you know, to the point that after this incident, I have the administrative judge, like my boss saying you had four flat tires and your windshield was burst in. And I'm saying none none of that's true. Mm-hmm. 103.9 WDKX, the Wake Up Club water cooler. 103.9 WDKX, uh, Judge Estacio, is there any time you can come back? Yeah, you have to come <laughs> I, back. I don't, I don't know. Look, we're at the end of the show. And we're at the end of the show? Yeah, yes. 10 o'clock's rolling around. I, I just appreciate you not only sharing with the audience this morning, yes. uh, educating with the audience this morning, 
But I think this is this is there's a deeper conversation here that maybe we'll get into at another time uh, when it comes to truth and and telling truth and hearing truth. Right. Um, and and I and I'm disappointed sometimes in the way the news is covered um, because I don't believe it's complete truth. I That's think it's dead. kind of a rush deal. I think it's kind of a uh, oh okay clickbait. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And break a story. Yeah, and I and I think first. that there is some 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 morals that get get pushed around a little bit for clickbait stories, and um, I just believe that's what 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 happened. But that's for another time. We'll get into that at a longer date if you're available, whenever day you're available. Uh, we'll try to set that up. But I want to thank you for sharing with the audience this thank morning. Thank you for having me. It was so nice. I'm sad that it's over. Yeah. Well, it's not over, over. <laughs> no. <it's, laughs> it's You'll be back. It's never over, over. Uh, now that you're home. <laughs> yeah, right. I appreciate that. It's not over. Um, but uh, the 103.9 WDKX, the Wake Up Club, wish you the best of luck not only today, but in the near future when we see you again. Thank you. Uh, 103.9 WDKX, if you miss Willie Lightfoot, we'll have him back as well. By the way, Wake Up Club on the Go podcast, everything that you heard today, and if you didn't hear and you're just tuning in like, oh, wow, you guys had them on this morning, you could go to WDKX.com. It will be posted there and you could take us with you wherever you go throughout this world. 103.9 WDKX. Good morning.